Welcome to King of Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. What is the theme that you're speaking to me right now? In Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, Call to me, and I will answer. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. You know, as Christians, we're really called to follow him, to follow the lamb. We're his sheep, and in that we only know one voice, and it's his voice. So we follow him wherever he's leading, whatever he is saying. It says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You as a Christian, one thing that's a hallmark for your life is that you're to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You're to listen to his voice. Whatever he's saying to you, you're to follow him. A sheep will not respond to any other one's voice except the shepherd. And in that, as we're listening to the word of the Lord, we're to begin to co-labor, to agree with what the Lord is saying over this house, over your life personally, over your family. And God is speaking. He's an ever-speaking God. And I believe today he's going to impart words of direction, words of encouragement. They're going to be words that are going to kind of help you align your life with heaven and, and begin to step in the pattern of what God has for you. So I'm so excited about this season. You might be saying, well, why are we doing it now and not, you know, January 1st? Well, now is the time. This is something we've been sitting on. Jennifer has been laboring over. And this has come together in a format that each week you have a prayer guide that leads you prophetically through what God is saying to our church at this very moment. It's going to be an incredible devotional guide for you uh, during the week. But I am so excited. And this was hard work, a lot of work. And I am um, grateful for Kristen for all she did and uh, typing up this and pulling it together. But this is going to be a great season of, of, for our church as we really sink in with heaven and what God is saying for us as a people. Good morning, everybody. Um, at the beginning of the year, every year I ask the Lord for a scripture for the year. I just want to start out with this. It's 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14. And it says, stand, watch Stand fast in the faith, be brave and be strong. Let all you do be done in love. And I feel like the Lord from the beginning of the year said, he said, I want you to be watchful and to line into what I'm saying and what I'm doing to be steadfast and to be in faith. That he's, there's some things that he's been speaking to our house for years and he's saying now is the time. It's a time to be in a place of faith, to be brave and to be strong. And he began to speak to me at the beginning of the year in Exodus 23. And I just want to read um, this scripture because I feel like before we have this prophetic team, come up. We need to understand the Lord speaks forth a promise that he invites us and almost, I would even dare to say he requires us to partner with him. There's a part that he does and there's a part that we do. And so in Exodus 23, it was right as the Israelites were about ready to come into the promised land. The Lord said, behold, um, 
Well, first, well, I'm going to read the scripture. Right Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you to the place which I have prepared. Be aware of him and obey his voice. If you obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemy and an adversary to your adversaries, for my angel will go before you and bring you in. And it goes on, there's promises, there's no barrenness, there's fruitfulness, no miscarriage. He says, I will send my fear before you. I'll cause confusion among the people who you come and I'll make all the enemies turn back from you little by little. I will drive them out before you until you have increased and inherited the land and I will set the bounds. And so obviously this passage was when the Israelites were getting ready to go into the promised land, but I feel like there's a parallel. God is saying to us, I have brought you to this place. I have prepared you. I've protected you. And I have some promises that it's going to take your partnership with me to come in little by little. And that's what we want to do. We asked Jennifer and the prophetic team back in the end of December, January, to hear the Lord. Lord, what are you saying? What, and actually, this actually began back in September, the, the transition of last year's Rosh Hashanah. And to say, Lord, what it, we want to be in your time and in your season. You know, I, I, I'm done with just doing, you know, church for the sake of church. I want to be in the heart of God and right in time and speed with what he's desiring for this time and this season. And so this isn't just like, a, oh, you know, maybe we should do a prayer thing. We're like, no, we've been... <laughs> waiting on the Lord, going, okay, God, now we're hearing these words. What are you saying? How do we, we've been talking and praying. How do we, when's the timing? How do we get it before the body? And so today, that's what we're doing. We're passing, we're going to have some prophetic, um, you're going to hear. We have these um, guys, please take one. And this, you're going to find this is different than the the one we did in January was meaty and it every day it was like, I mean, I was struggling to keep up with it. It was good, but uh, this is by a week, a theme. And if you just to go, Lord, I want every, I want to come into this place. If this is the promises you are saying for me, what, how can I hear your voice and then do my part for us to come into this new place? And it's a little by little to bring about. So that's pretty good. All right, Jennifer. So Jennifer. Okay, let's uh, take just a moment and pray and get our hearts and our spirits together. Father, I thank you that you alone, you are not constrained by time. And we place our hope and our trust in you that the timing of the release of this word is in exact accordance with you and your desire. You know all that has been building up to it, even for years in this church, and the things that we have walked through as a body, and the things that we are about to step into. And you alone are the one that has the identity of King of Glory in your heart and in your mind. But we set our hearts in agreement, and we come into agreement with what you have for us as individuals, as families, but as a body so that we might catch the vision and take it and run with it according to your will and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So you'll notice that each of these, yes, there's a week and there's a theme. And part of that is because when the Lord speaks, are we to take it lightly? Or are we to spend some time? Are we to measure it? Are we to get it into us in such a way that we say, God, what are you saying for me? What are you saying for us? What can we pray? So there are several themes that he said as the team, the prophetic team came together. Of course, each one of us heard our part. That's how the body works. And so what you're going to notice is it's going to go week by week, and it's not spoon-fed, okay, this is day one, pray this, but instead, God, what would you have me pray? What are you saying? And each one, I'm praying that you catch it by the Spirit, okay? Because we want to all go together. We don't want to be all dragged out, and some people are over here, and some people are over here. We want to have everybody as much as possible literally on the same page. What are you doing? Yeah. So um, what he gave me today as kind of a framework and a structure, for me, when I read the word, I'm always seeing types and patterns and shadows. And so I felt like God was highlighting some things, even in the presentation of this today, so that you can really get what it is that he's saying. And so I'm going to say a little bit, and then I'm going to call just a handful. This is just like a little snippet, a little nugget from the prophetic team. We're not going to hear from everybody today. It's in here. And you are going to hear and read exactly what the Lord spoke to each one individually. But this is to highlight and get us, this is to rev our engines and get us going, all right? So, um, if you would like to open up your Bibles and turn to Second Samuel, we're just going to start there briefly. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to give you some key nuggets that I saw as I was reading it. So beginning verse 20 through 25, beginning in verse 20, what had happened was the Philistines had the Ark and uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, is there anybody who does not know what the Ark of the Covenant is? And don't be, you know, concerned if you raise your hand and say, I haven't a clue, um, because we all start there sometime, okay? But basically, the Ark was where the power and the presence of God resided, and so it had been taken away from the Israelites and now they are, are going to go get it and bring it back. Chapter 5, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 20 through 25. So David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them, meaning the Philistines, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. And therefore, he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And they left their images, their idols, there. And David and his men carried them away. Baal-perazim means master of breakthrough. We are on the edge of some breakthrough like we have never seen. Not only individually, but corporately as a body. Liz, would you like to come up and share... Liz is a seer and a hearer. 
Um, I'm going to read it just because I don't want to add to or take away um, from what the Lord gave me at the time. I saw the underneath of a structure, which I knew was the church. There were places that were cracked, broken, and weak. Then Jesus was standing beside me. He had on a helmet, like a construction helmet, uh, with a work light on it, and he held a big flashlight that was also lit. He told me not to worry, that he was going to restore and refit the foundation. He then crawled into the foundation. I watched, and I could hear him saying, I will have this in shape and stronger in no time. Then he came out. He took me to the building itself, which I hadn't seen. Uh, I hadn't seen only the foundation at this point. There were no walls. But that seemed to be the way it was meant to be. There were two magnificent French doors. They were arched, crystal, and enormous. We walked over to them, and he opened them, and the most gorgeous light came streaming through them. The light was brilliant and prism-like. He then said, this is what I have for you and my church. Let me restore and refit the foundations my way, and I will be the walls. And he kept highlighting refit, refit. And I thought, that's an odd word. So I decided to look it up because it made me think of a boat. Um, and the refit verb fits, fitting, or fitted, to make or be made ready for use again by repairing, requipping, or resupplying. A repair or requipping as of a ship for further use. And I thought about that, and I realized when you refit a ship, you bring it into harbor. You take it off the water so that you can refit it. And I think I can honestly say we've kind of felt like we've been in the harbor for a while. But once it is refitted, it is launched again. And I believe that that's where we are. It has been refitted, and it is time to launch. Unless God builds a house, we labor in vain. And we must have a good, solid foundation for anything that we do. And so if it's okay, we're just going to take a moment as a body and let's pray in agreement. Father, we thank you that what you are doing, what you have already done, you have brought us so far and you are positioning us and you are readying us for a launch. And so we set our hearts in agreement and we say yes and amen to what you're about to do, to the ones that you're about to bring through evangelism, to the ones that you're about to bring that we might be the fullness of the body here that you have for us. We thank you for the fitting. We thank you for the fixing. We thank you that it is by your hands and not by ours. It is by your power and your might and your spirit, not ours, that these things will be accomplished. And everybody said? Okay. So going back to 2 Samuel again, in verse 22, the Philistines went up once again and they deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And therefore David inquired, okay, verse 23, get this, David inquired of the Lord. And he said, you, the Lord said, you shall not go up, circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. 
I know that I know this about God. He will always give us a strategy if we are willing to be still and listen. And then we go, just like Jehoshaphat, when three different enemies, they were coming at him and he's like, wow, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. This is what we need. God will always give us strategy for victory. And you will notice when you get the book, there is a scripture that we start with in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. You don't need to go there because we're going to come back and be in 2 Samuel. But verse 14 says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. He is not setting us up to fail. He is setting us up and positioning us to be able to go and go forward and go full blast according to his will. Okay, so verse 24. It shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so. David did as the Lord commanded. See, it's, it's one thing to hear, but we're not just to hear. We're to be doers and goers, but according to what God says, not in our own strength. So, David did so, and the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba and as far as Gezer. So the timing and the strategy of the Lord is everything. That's part of why right now is the time that we are releasing this. It might have been premature if we had done it sooner. Just like Joseph, you know, when in, he was in prison and he's like, hey, remember me, remember me. And if the, the wine taster and the, the baker had gone immediately to Pharaoh, Joseph might have been released prematurely and then he would not have been positioned rightly to save not just one nation but many. Okay, Jason and Angie, would you come and just share a part of what the Lord revealed to you? And we're going to hear more about each thing each week. We'll take a minute and we'll stand up here and we'll get ourselves ready. But Jason and Angie had a couple of things. Okay, so just to be clear, um, we had been kind of picking up on some of these themes that we're about to share And then um, around the same time, they were confirmed by some modern-day prophets. You're familiar with Chris Vallotton and also Sean Bowles. So the words that we share are not just our own, but themes that we've heard through them as well. So the first one um, we're really excited about, this is about the Holy Spirit being poured out, um, Acts 2. You know, Holy Spirit being poured out on the group of believers. And just a current word for this season that... um, The Lord is really doing something with houses of acts, powerhouses. So the Holy Spirit being poured out in our homes and on groups of people. And so in Acts 2, there's kind of three parts there that characterize um, that group of people. So um, the first thing is that they were devoted and um, they were persevering in instruction and teaching. So there's instruction and teaching. Um, Then also in fellowship breaking of bread, and in prayer and fasting. So they were committed to those three things. Second, um, this, this community, these houses of Acts, were characterized by um, the Holy Spirit, a sense of reverential fear and awe, and then signs and wonders and miracles happening in their midst. 
Um, the third thing is unity. So this was a group of people. They were always gathering, always meeting. They, were, they had everything in common. They were of one mind and one spirit. And so we just really believe that the Lord is going to do that work um, in the body of Christ as a whole, but in our church as well. Um, there's going to be powerhouses. Do you want to say anything? Yeah, right now, um, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. We want you to come and fill our homes. And so we just pray that you would do that work of unity in our midst, that you would unite us in, um, in mind and in heart. We pray that you would show up in our midst, that you would awe us with a sense of just reverential fear, that you would do signs and wonders and miracles to us and through us, God. And we pray that you, we earnestly pray that you would give us hearts to persevere, to be steadfast, to be devoted to teaching and instruction, to, um, to gathering, just eating meals together, doing life together, and also to be devoted to prayer and to fasting. Amen. Do you want to share something? Um, yeah, just uh, real simple. <laughs> Sean Bowles um, gave a word earlier this year, that this is a, a year for synergy. And that's talking about, um, you know, being able to accomplish things together, to see things happen together that would not be possible alone. You know, it's a, it's a time for uh, lone wolves to come into families and, uh, you know, to be part of a pack. Um, so I, I think that, that nails it pretty good. And I just want to pray that real quick. Father, I pray in the, in the spirit of what my wife said too, God, I pray that you would raise up the home groups and the houses of acts and the families, God, the fathers and the mothers and the big brothers and the big sisters, God. I pray that the, the young, God, would come into their homes and that you would turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. In Jesus' name, and release power there. Amen. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> encourage you to go back and read Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, and catch new vision for what the body of Christ is supposed to look like, because we drifted away over the centuries into church stuff that may or may not be Jesus stuff, and so we want to be about the Jesus stuff. And we want that to, my desire, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit's desire, is to see, we will look different. We will look different on purpose. We will look like Jesus, and there's going to be something that about us as individuals and even as groups that are going to draw those that are hungering and thirsting, and they may not even know what they're hungry or thirsty for. Okay? Okay, so... Um, Second Samuel chapter six, this is still in context, okay? So now they're going and they're going to get the ark and they put, they plunk it on this cart and they are walking along and David's out there worshiping. Yes, praise God. And they were going along with the two sons of Abinadab, Ahio, Ahio, however you want to pronounce it, was in the front and Uzzah was in the back. Okay, so starting in verse 6, when they came to Nahon, the threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. 
And the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. And David became angry because the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day, which means outburst against Uzzah. Now, some people may have a really hard time with that verse. It's like, man, that's harsh. That is really harsh. And if you know the Lord, over and over in the Bible it says he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in love. So he's not going to reach out and zap us, okay? But there is this sense of holy reverence when you are in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is about to come in greater power and greater measure. Dan, in prayer before um, the service this morning, heard wind and fire. All right? The power and the presence of God. Think about Jesus when they went to arrest him in the, in the garden, and they basically said, hey, we're looking for Jesus. And he said, I am. And the power and the presence behind those words flattened everybody in the place. There is power and there is presence. The kingdom of God is not just of talk. It is of power. And so we need to set our hearts in agreement not only with a loving father who adores us, but he is also the king of the universe who set everything in motion. And so there is this awe and there's this reverence that can happen when God shows up in power. Are you going to be ready and prepared when God shows up in power? um, We don't know what Uzzah's intent was. We don't know why the Lord did that. But the presence of the Lord is coming. And when the move of the Spirit is happening, the other piece of this is, what did Uzzah do? He reached out and touched God. We do not want to put our hands on something that the Lord is doing wrongly. We don't want to take something into our own hands and our own strength. We want the Lord to have his will in his way. So if you'd agree with me, Father, we just trust that you, Holy Spirit, the one who leads us into all truth, the one who comforts us, loves us, teaches us, shows us that you are going to show us how to react and respond in our hearts, in our spirits, as you come in power. We thank you and trust you to come and do everything that you want to do. Forgive us even in advance if we tend, if we decide we want to reach out and touch something that we shouldn't. We invite you to bring it back and say, and convince us, you know, that sweet, gentle conviction saying, hey, no, 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 babe, I got this. You don't need to get involved. All right? So we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. So going on, David, that kind of freaked David out. And he, he left the ark in the house of Obed-Edom for several months. Because he was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? So, um, but he noticed that Obed-Edom's house was very blessed because of the presence of the Lord. And that's what's going to happen to us. 
We're going to be exceedingly abundantly blessed above all that we could even think or ask because of the presence of the Lord. And as they were bringing it on into Jerusalem, this is, a lot of you, if you know this story, you know this part. David danced. He danced before the Lord with all his might. And he and all of the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city, Michal, Saul's daughter, who was David's wife, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. There are several points here. We may know one another fairly well, but we do not know the depth of what God has brought each and every one of us through. And if we choose to get up and worship and abandon and twirl around and be, as David said later, oh, you haven't seen anything like, you know, I will become more undignified than this. We've got to allow ourselves the freedom to worship him in spirit and in truth because he is the one who is deserving of all the glory, the honor, and the power. And it's about us and him. It is not about us and anyone who might be watching. So Jesus, even as you come in power, we want to honor you in this house. Matthew has been seeing throne room. That was a prophetic word that is going to be, it's in the book. You will, we will come into it around August. And throne room worship is critical and it is a key to what the Lord is going to do. Don't hold back. I exhort you. Don't hold back. Don't just sit in your pew and say, well, that's nice. No, if God's presence and power is moving, come and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the King of the universe who created all things. Get into agreement with who he is. Worship is not just about, oh, heal my heart. I love you. Well, yeah, that's good. But that's, that's about me. Throne room worship is going to be about him. Throne room worship is going to be about him. So people, I exhort you and I encourage you, come forward, start now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Jesus, we invite you and your power and your presence, and we want to be a house that is known to exalt you and magnify you, to glorify you above all else. You alone are who we worship. You alone, no idols. We lay down our idols, and we stand in the throne room of God, and we will exalt you and magnify you as a body. And everybody said... Tammy, would you come up and read your word? This is the last one we're going to share today. Balance in me is essential to this body. You must rely on me as you grow. 
I am here and willing. Are you? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone for me? Are you willing to trust me to keep my grasp on you as you do? Are you willing to be a vessel for me in the way I choose instead of the way you choose? Remember, I see all things from beginning to end. So you must be steadfast in me, walking in unity with me, to be balanced in the journey I have for you. I will cultivate you as you mature. Just trust the master's hands as you are being molded and transformed into the vision I have for you. You know, the Lord always gives us an invitation. He gave us an invitation to salvation. He gave us an invitation to receive the Holy Spirit in fullness and power. He is always inviting. He's never going to drag you. But, oh, beloved, can you believe Jeremiah 29, 11? The plans I, the Lord, have for you, they're for good. They're not for harm. They are for a future and a hope. And you will pray to me and you will seek my face and I will hear you and I will answer you and I will deliver you out of every captivity. I had a vision of Sam and Eliza, and Eliza, too, has used the word precipice. We're on the precipice. We're on the edge. Are we willing to step out in faith? Which Indiana Jones was it that you couldn't see the steps until... You took the step. So, Father, we are trusting you to order our steps. We are trusting you and your invitation that, as it says in James, if we draw close to you, you will draw close to us. We say, come Holy Spirit. Come Lord Jesus, have your will in your way. And I choose, and I hope everybody else does too, to take that step. Amen. I want to make sure each one gets one of these books. So if we could have um, some of the ushers in the back as, as people are leaving, I want to make sure everybody gets a prayer guide uh, that will take you into September. So we are going to end this service in, in worship. So we're all going to stand. And Father, we just desire so much to align ourselves with you right now in what you're saying. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, we don't eat just bread alone, but we are sustained by every word that comes forth from your mouth. And so, Lord, I'm asking that your words would sustain and strengthen this church and give us vision and hope for the future. For, Lord, you're an ever-speaking God, and you are so kind in disclosing the things that are to come and giving us a roadmap 
on what we are to endeavor ourselves and give ourselves to. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you that this will be a house filled with your glorious presence. So, Father, we're asking for a visitation of your Holy Spirit. We're asking, Lord, that as people come into this house, the Lord, they will be changed in your presence. We're asking that souls, that people be one and would enter into the kingdom being born again, bought by the blood of the Lamb. We're asking that, that marriages be restored and healed. We're asking, Lord, that bodies be restored and healed. We're asking for the activity of heaven to be released in our midst. And so we say, come, Maranatha. Come, Holy Spirit, and release the wind and the fire. And we thank you, Lord, that in this house, we are going to see the glorious movement and activity and the power of heaven released in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.